I fucking love it. I was really cool. when that was playing. <laughs> that has takes me back to watching Pokemon and takes me back to you running around London trying to catch Pokemon. I was. I was so excited. Like what is actually happening? I haven't played Pokemon Go for such a long time. Oh <laughs> Pokemon Go launched in Asia when I was in Vietnam. It was the best. Oh my god, that must have been so cool. I would see gangs of kids going around looking for Pokemon. <laughs> you could tell I thought they were playing. I could just, yeah, I would always just see like random people like running around. And I'm like, what is going on? Am I missing something? And it took me a while to realise that people were playing that. Yeah, I went oh. to this uh, Dean Castle Country Park um, back in the day when it was all kicking off with um, my boyfriend David. And we were wandering around the park and I seen this little kid and he was playing it and he got really excited because he's like, oh, there's a Pikachu, I've got a Pikachu. And I went, David, I have to catch that Pikachu. And I started looking for it. Can only one I person catch each one? No. Or so she got was, kids as well. So I knew there was a Pikachu in the area and I hadn't caught a Pikachu yet. So I was really excited and I was like 30. <gasps> <laughs> this thing, this is not when we were children, this was a couple of years ago. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, this week we're going to be talking about Pokemon. <laughs> and yeah, you're going to tell us all about it. Yeah, so, well, to be fair, I'm not talking specifically about Pokemon, but more where their idea sort of came from. Like, that was, like mm-hmm. sort of back to that sort of Japanese... Like what inspired the Pokemon? Yeah, uh-huh. So they were, most of them in general were inspired by yokai or yokai. I'm fine. <laughs> yokai. <laughs> you are right. I don't know why I'm really hyper today. It's not okay. No, but, that's great. Um, 
<laughs> I think I had too much sugar. It's not great. Keep um, that candy ass really cute. I'm excited about the yogi. No, but yeah, so like I still think that Pokemon are like proper like cute things, like, especially Pikachu. He's still I know that's probably really boring, but Pikachu yeah. is still my favourite Pokemon. I don't think it's boring to think that Pikachu is cute. I think that's just a statement of fact. Yeah, but for him to be my favourite. <laughs> like actually I don't even know if Pikachu's a boy or a girl. I remember we used to fight over this when we were kids. Or if Pikachu's a boy or a girl. <laughs> but maybe it's just gender neutral, I don't know. Both of uh, my favourites uh, we're not going to cover on the podcast today because we covered them before. <laughs> Which ones were they? Uh, I really, really like Snorlax. Oh, I'm going to talk about Snorlax. Oh, nice. Oh, well then, not that I wish because I'm glad that you're going to talk about him. I didn't bother looking him up because I assumed that he must be the same myth as Drowsy. And I know that we mentioned mm-hmm. the myth that Drowsy was from before, so I just didn't bother checking. Yeah, because well, Drowsy was what led yeah. us to doing this topic, actually. You're talking yeah. About. Yeah, yeah. Because do we remember what Drowsy, and, and by the way, when I'm playing Pokemon Go, Drowsy's like the most annoying one because he always pops up. You're like, oh, fuck, not another Drowsy. <laughs> it was a Baku. Yeah, yeah. it was a Baku because I think I was talking about Baku. Yeah, and, and it looks wear... like a, a Asian t- tapir, which is one of my favourite animals ever. I love tapirs. And then I just assumed that because Snorlax is so similar, I was like, oh, well, he must be. Well, I never ever bothered looking it up. And then my other favourite is uh, Vulpix because she's really cute, but obviously we've also already done Kitsune, which is oh, what yeah, yeah. Vulpix is. Yeah, so actually I thought that was a good place to start is just to sort of describe all, or go into all the different types of yoke you can get. And then I think all the Pokemon basically then fall into these different categories, but they're all obviously like a wee bit different. So yeah, like they're all just, whether they're monsters or ghosts or, supernatural beings from like Japanese myth they all kind of go into that but some can be like really scary or really powerful or really weak or they can be good or bad so yeah they're I think they're pretty cool to be honest so the first sort of type there's basically eight different types of yokai and the first one's called well, I'm gonna probably like not pronounce any of these properly but I don't care is obaki or obey and usually these are like the little creatures that they can shapeshift into human form and like japanese mythology basically shows that they like they're actually the really really intelligent ones like and they it's like because they can be animal or human and they can shapeshift so that's like their superpower that they have but then obviously when someone's really clever then they're actually really naughty as well so they can either be animals and like play tricks on people so they usually turn into like foxes raccoons dogs badgers and cats you're gonna say so it's like yeah. Yep. Um, Kitsune, but then remember the time we talked about like the badgers as well that can turn into yeah if they like, live a certain amount of time like over 100 yeah, years they, they grow another tail and then they change and they evolve a bit like pokemon because pokemon evolve into different things like a lot of people talk about magikarp and how that's the lamest of all the pokemon like if you get a magikarp it's like the shittest one because all it does is flap about what does it do it's just a fish but eventually if you evolve that magikarp it turns into a big Japanese dragon, which is one of the most powerful Pokemon there is. It's a bit there like the creature that I was talking about the other week that, like, if a, like, if a carp, wasn't it? If a carp gets old enough, it turns into that sort of dragon creature. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that sounds like it's it would fit into this category. So what I find quite interesting about this one as well, it's not that they just shapeshift and people are animals. It's that they might have also originated as a kami, which is more like a demon. So, it's, so I almost say it's like it's a demon turning into like an animal or a woman. So they're not demons as bad demons, but like spirits or gods and deities. So you could have like the guardian of children or you could have gods that look after the weather, like thunder and lightning and stuff like that. So this particular one is it could more be demons 
that are termed as obaki. Then next one's called Tengu. And Tengu are Japanese bird monsters that, again, can take human form. <laughs> this one's great, but it's like, because human, like when they're turned into humans, they have big, massive noses because birds have beaks. <laughs> Um, but these ones are feared these ones are really these are not good ones though they're like termed as terrible creatures um and they actually can corrupt people um so tenga are viewed as being very complex characters because they can actually turn you as well so even though they're turning into humans they can actually corrupt you as a person i enjoy those ones because it sounds a bit like pingu who's also a bird so i'd like to think that that was just a description so when we get pingu pingu's a weirdo like <laughs> all the time. Someone said, someone said on Reddit, or was it, I don't know, some meme, why does um, Pingu's dad always sit there doing the laundry when none of them wear clothes? Oh my god, I feel like you've just like <laughs> hurt my childhood a little bit. <laughs> Fuck. Good point though. That's hurt my head. Oh my god. That's going to annoy me so much now. Like, why is he always like folding up laundry? That's so bizarre. Cool. Next one is Kappa, and these are river monsters. So there's quite a lot of like water Pokemon, isn't there? So these ones are actually based on Japanese salamanders, but again, they can cause lots of problems, and they sometimes don't like people. So they, a lot of the myths that they are involved in are drowning people or causing them problems. But however, these ones can actually talk. So if they talk to you and they promise you something, they they will always always keep their promise. I don't know what they would be promising you, though, to be fair. So actually, something they could promise you, because they are like water creatures, they could promise to like look after your children. So if your kids are playing near the river, if you live near a river and they live in there, they could promise that parent that they'll make sure those kids never drown. But I guess on the other side, they could also drown people. So Yeah, I wouldn't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, they never ever break their promises. And apparently, they really love a good sumo wrestling match, which I think is really random. But yeah, there's quite a lot of like... Pokemon that are quite like salamandry like or like water kind of monsters. Yeah. Have you got any specific examples? Yes. Is there not actually one called Salamander or something like that? Is there oh, is Squirtle one of them? Squirtle, then? yeah, he's quite kind of watery. There's one that's like one of those. I want to call it an Atoxel, and I think I'm just making that name up. But you know the like pinky salamander things. Axolotl. I saw Thank them you. in them the Queen's Fairy Deep Sea World recently, and they're so cute. They're, there's black and pink ones. They've got little feathers on their head and they look like they're smiling. We spoke about them before, axolotls. They're basically salamanders that refuse to grow up and become salamanders. So they just stay little cute babies. Yeah, they constantly stay the same age. Like they don't age. Yeah. That's so random. Stressed. If they get stressed or anyway, then they turn into salamanders. Ah, uh, maybe but that's sort of you. Is just never be stressed and then you'll stay young. Yeah. Oh, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> stress ages you, right? So they get better That's why I look like a thousand years old. Not at all. <laughs> this next one is, in my opinion, the stupidest one because it makes no oh, sense. Oh, I love at all. it. This one is called Sukumagami. Suck on my gami? What? <laughs> <laughs> it like that. It's like Tsukumogami. And Tsukumogami are formerly inanimate objects who become animate and self-aware on their 100th birthday. So they spend 100 years doing fuck all and then <laughs> become a thing on their 100th birthday. That's wonderful. I really <laughs> like that. Sorry. But the thing is, and they're really like silly objects. They could be like an umbrella or sandals. Or like a wooden spoon. They're just things that are just lying around. And if they manage to actually reach the age of 100, then they'll become alive. But even when they're alive, 
they have they're like a ghost-like type thing, but I can then shapeshift into a human. So they only get to be anything after a hundred years. I just that's interesting. Just why? No, <laughs> don't know. An umbrella. I wonder why. <laughs> Maybe it's just an award for lasting that long. But umbrellas don't even last a year. Umbrellas are shit. Depends what umbrella you get. Oh, I can't give up on umbrellas. They don't work. It's crap. And at number five, we have Yamaoba. I like these ones, actually. Yamaoba are a cast of characters in Japanese mythology that are described as monstrous old women. Because we know all our myths love to be horrible about women. Yeah, um, like Baba Yaba. Yeah, so th- this is very kind of falls into that category. They're old women. They look really unkept and messy. They live deep in the mountains. Um, sometimes they're described as having like really horrible hideous features, like even having like a mouth at the back of their head or a mouth on the top of like on the top of their head. Yeah, that's one of the um, ones that Mark's going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think Mark's one actually falls into this category. Yeah. Um, so they can pretend to be like nice wee old ladies um, to then trick people and do horrible things to them. Sounds um, like my gran. Yeah. <laughs> 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 gran is still alive. And they can be very yeah, either like ghost-like or witch-like. Um, people. So yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll leave that one for Mark when he does. I one. mean, my gran isn't like ghost-like or witch-like. She looks like a lovely wee nice old English lady, but she ain't nice. <laughs> <laughs> but then that is what they are. Like the yeah, they can like come across as being nice little old ladies, and then they're not. Yeah. Like in Friday night dinner, they have a bad grandma and a yeah. nice grandma. That's literally what my grandmas were like. I have the nice <laughs> grandma and then the evil grandma. <laughs> They got to meet each other. Well, they didn't really meet each other very often because my evil grandma lives like okay. 200 miles away in England and my nice grandma is now deceased. So, yeah, unless she's talking to her in the afterlife. <laughs> I don't know. No, but when they were both alive, I think, nah, I don't really think they got on that well. I mean, I think she, they just tolerated each other. But anyway. <laughs> I think of we were saying, like, <laughs> to, like, staying young forever is to not get stressed, and then you'll yeah. live forever. That maybe being horrible means you just don't give a shit, and then you're not stressed. Oh, that's, my, that's my evil gran. She just yeah. said, you know what she says to me? Oh, I just tell it like it is now. I don't care at my age. Yeah. I just say what I think. Oh, fuck I off. think she's got a point. I think she's earned it. She's fucking old. She can say what she wants. <laughs> she has fucking old. Like she will uh, grow a tail and an additional consciousness. And... <laughs> Maybe she's getting to that oh. stage now. She can't remember anyone now. Oh, bless her. Mm. Number six, we have Kintaro, which actually translates as Golden Boy. So it's actually one of Japan's sort of more traditional like, superheroes rather than like... Like a demon or something. It's yeah. It's more of a. It would be like a child with superhuman strength or power. Heard of that? Mm. And um, culture. Yeah, God, yeah. I feel like it's more like creatures and things rather than yeah. People. And they only become people if that creature has changed into that. But with this, he's even though he's a child and he's got all his superpowers, he's raised in the wild and he can talk to animals. Like Tarzan. Yeah. I, yeah. Actually. But only bear. But the weird thing is that he. The Kintaro was raised by a uh, Yamalba, like the the scary woman. Oh, so yeah. So I think why that, is he good then? That's weird. I don't know actually. Because yeah, he's sort of like a, a superhero, but maybe he's raised by the old woman and then he escapes and then he goes to join like the wild animals and ah. it again. Okay. Well, he's very interesting. I, I don't really know where he fits into other things though. What in the po- Pokemon yeah. universe? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, and I, uh, I, he doesn't really seem to fit in with the other 
like, like mythology things. Yeah, yeah. But well, fair play to him. Be independent. Maybe he fits in because he was raised by a yukai, but he's not actually one of them. Oh, maybe, yeah. So maybe he's just a myth in his own right. He's not. Yeah. If I'd been raised by a sentient wooden spoon and a, <laughs> would that mean that I was a yukai? Well, yeah. well, I mean, that would be great, but also would it be a yukai? Powers though, like he's got super strength and he can talk to animals. I'm a very tall and I can eat lots of toffee. That is a it's not superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> Second last time I've got here is uh Rocco Krokobi. Rocco Krokobi. This one seems really simple, but it actually creeps me out a little bit. So they're basically like during the day they're just like absolutely normal people, but then at night time they basically the way their bodies are it's as if they've just become very very flexible so their their necks can become really long or their heads can pop off and like just float Aww. around stuff. their bodies are not really solid bodies anymore so their bodies can just float around or their hands can float around and that's just really creepy like really creepy it's there's just... a couple of pokemon like that as well though isn't there there are pokemon that have like yeah. their feet and their hands or just their hands like detached from their body or they don't have any legs but they seem to be floating and they've got like a floating yeah. hat Ever. like there's quite a few like that oh really i don't yeah. know what I'm filming imagining it's like a person like that you'd, you'd be so freaked out if you saw that do you know yeah. the pokemon that freaks me out the most mm. is mr mime i knew you were going to say mr mime why didn't you say it then <laughs> i don't know I, like i don't know why i didn't i also don't know why how i knew that that was the one you were going to say out of all the you know me so well mark you know me so well like he's really fucking creepy have you seen detective pikachu the movie Yes. No, so yes, you'd love it. But mm, there is a scene where Mr. Mime is in it and he's even creepier in like CG form than like 2D. It's really horrible. Oh. Do you know what Mr. Mime looks like? No, I okay. don't want to Her- Horrific. So he's really strange. He looks like a little person dressed halfway between a clown and a mime. Oh, okay. I have seen him. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But on top of his head are like sort of clown, what looks like clown hair, like his blue. Yeah. But. To the clown kind of hair. Official, Mm -hmm. on the official entry for the Mr. Mime on Bulbapia, it says blue growths resembling clown hair extend from the sides of its pale pink head. I mean, that's just creepy enough. But they're not, it's not hair. It's basically horns that for some reason just look like clown hair. And his shoes that he's got are also made of the, the same material so he could basically walk on his horns that's so weird <laughs> well, I, I don't know what my reaction is to that <laughs> uh, and also he does look like he's wearing clothes but those aren't clothes that is just what his body What's is his like, naked body is yeah every part of him weird. from what looks like a poofy white shirt to his massively horrifically looking gloved hands are just his body he's just shaped oh, that way all the time yeah but what's even weirder is that according to an internet fan theory in the pokemon anime mr mime or a specific mr mime might be ash ketchum's father (laughs) (laughs) just no so that make ash uh yeah that's what they're saying that they're saying that um Ash is maybe a yeah, it could be like that boy that you were talking about. Maybe yeah. Ash is the boy who was raised by the the Yukai. Because what they're saying is that um Ash's mum is single. She's a single mom. You never see Ash's dad. Don't know where he is. She's 
this Mr. Mime is always around Ash's mum, around the house, and he seems to have an extremely oh, close so relationship with her. Um, the fact that Ash doesn't know his father, and much like Pokemon in the universe, he never seems to age. And fans have decided that Ash might be some kind of half-human, half-Pokemon hybrid. And there's a screenshot from the anime, which when you look at it, and I'll send it to you so you can see it, Mr. Mime is sitting in a golf cart with Ash's mum, and Ash is sitting next to his mum. And Mr. Mime clearly has his horrible gloved hand sliding up his mum's thigh. Ash's mum's thigh. Aww. I feel like you're actually ruining my childhood. I've ruined your childhood one yeah. second. <laughs> You've improved my childhood. I think that's lovely. And also, I like the idea that uh, Ash is the golden boy and that maybe in one episode, he'll drop a Pokeball and just get sucked into it. Yeah, that would, that should be how Pokemon ends. Ooh, yes. That's interesting. <laughs> that would be very, very interesting, actually. Oh, I feel like for some context for the end, though, he would need to drop Pokeball, get sucked into it, and then a random passerby by would just have to point to the Pokeball and go, golden boy, and then it'll finish. <laughs> Cue music. <laughs> you gotta catch them all. That'd be awesome. We caught them all. It oh. ended with Golden Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite grim. <laughs> well, the last type of Yoki is uh, called a Yuri. Um, Yuri Gagela. And these ones are more like ghost-like. So they're technically a kami as well, like a, a spirit or a demon. Oh. But they are spirits that have been kept from a peaceful afterlife. So because of their revenge, love, jealousy, something bad has happened. So they can't rest. They can't rest at all. Um, so these are the only ones. See how all the other ones kind of will either have cute stories or funny stories or something like that. This one, he like they basically Japanese people believe that he could cause disastrous famine or tragedy or like he causes bad things. Aww. So like I think a lot of like the temples and the shrines that are built in Japan they'll have like a, a little shrine for Yuri and that's like to appease any angry ghosts or to like appease him because yeah they're always like sad or scary or like both so yeah this is the only one that's like just not very nice at all but they yeah. use him to predict earthquake in Japan oh I think he could cause them if he was like... like I read something interesting that the Japanese have a symbol of a catfish that they use in their emergency announcements to warn of earthquakes happening. And that based on one of the yukai that you're talking about there, one of the water ones. Uh, Like this symbol of it? Yeah, the catfish. Because it can predict earthquakes, apparently. That's what I think quite interesting is all these like different types of creatures they actually use like Real their ones? statues of them like oh, in their right. day lives it's like it's, yeah. like it's not just like silly little kids stories like it doesn't yeah. seem to be, like, immersed in their culture yeah like, and oh. pokemon is part of that culture now <laughs> which is <laughs> it's just bringing children into it maybe i don't know i don't know Really I never fun. see. I never really thought when I started watching Pokemon back in the 1999 of all these Pokemon's being based on mythical creatures. Well, why would I? I was like, what, 14, 13 or something then? So I wouldn't know. Um, yeah, but then, some of them are based on mythical creatures, mm. and realize that like all of them are based on mythical creatures. Not all of them. I think some of them are just based on animals, yeah. different animals and things. Like Meow, what's its name? The Team Rocket Cat. But then is that not the... Meow Mix? The Obaki or what it's called? No, he's based on the waving cat. You know, the, the cat that waves. Oh. Uh, you find in Chinese restaurants and stuff. I've got oh, one on my desk yeah, right now. Yeah. The lucky waving cat. Lucky that's Meow Mix. But then, although I get they're not like mythical creatures, it's still the idea that like it's a specific cat that brings you luck. So I suppose yeah. you've done something that's like... Self-logical kind of. Oh. Like, still superstitious. 
Yeah. Like there's a Pokemon that's based on all of the children of Loki, which is funny because you were talking about Loki last time. <laughs> and it's like a mixture of all of the different types of creatures that Loki's children are. I was tempted when I was trying to decide which ones to do, although obviously I didn't pick them. I thought we'd I'd stick with sort of Japanese ones, but yeah. there's a few uh, Pokemon that are based on different like sort of Norse, like mythological creatures as well. Yeah, one we, of them's like a deer. Do you think maybe they just ran out of like Japanese ones and they had to pick other cultures? I, don't, I think like as the generations go on, they do have more from other cultures, but they seem to always yeah. be Japanese ones as well. But Most of them are Japanese, but I guess because of the amount of Pokemon that there is, then they, they do have to take inspiration for other things. Like one of the ones that I've got is, like there's a few that's based on ancient Egyptian gods or mythology <laughs> as well, which I'll bring up. Well, and fuck it, fuck it, I'll tell you about it now. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So um, I've got it here. So it's based on the Egyptian god Ba. It's not really an Egyptian god though, Ba. The Ba is like a, it's more of an ancient Egyptian spirit for the afterlife. Um, The Pokemon in question is called Yamask. And it looks like a sort of, well, basically a floating mask with with sort of uh, wings. Its face always changes. So it's, there's multiple Pokemon inspired by Egyptian gods. One of them is the Yamask, apparently a pretty depressing group of monsters. So the Yamask is, it has tendrils toting a human face mask that randomly cries. It's a spirit Pokemon and it wanders the ruins of ancient civilizations. So based on the ancient Egyptian belief that the soul was composed of a bunch of different parts, based on the Egyptian god Ba. So you've got your Ba and your Ka, um, which are two different types of spirits. Yeah. The, your mask mirrors its appearance as Ba is often represented as a bird with a man head hovering over mummies. Your mask's first evolution, Kofagrigus, which uh, is another nod to the ancient Egyptians, because it's a ghost type Pokemon and it's obviously based on a sarcophagus because of its name. So Kofagrigus is a combination of coffin, sarcophagus and egregious with menacing glowing eyes and white fangs with a creepy smile and it's said to eat nearby humans. So they're not nice Pokemon. Yeah. So there, there you go. That's an ancient Egyptian based Pokemon. Apparently yeah. there's more, but I don't know what they are. There's so many of them. That's so cool though. But it's yeah. like a baddie one though. And there's a Chinese legend one called Absol, which is based on something called a Baizi. It's got a dark blue body with tufts of white fur wrapped around its neck like a Russian stole. It has a feline face, a side tail and sharp claws on each paw with a side shave. Side shave. Yeah. Okay. It's got... Its most distinguishing features uh, a single raven-coloured oval on its face. So according to Chinese legends, the yellow emperor Huangdi, or Dai, happened upon a distinct creature called the Baizi. It's similar looking to the Absol. It has fluffy white mane, horns and many eyes. The monster taught the emperor the secrets of the supernatural. Similarly, Japanese folklore includes the story of the Kutabi, who warned our small town that the plague was coming. The Pokedex highlights further similarities between Absol and Baizi. Both are known to emerge from the forest to warn humans of impending doom, known as the disaster Pokemon. Absol, along with Baize detects catastrophes and warns humans of impending doom. Nice. So it's quite a nice Pokemon. The one of the ones that I looked at Mm -hmm. had some similarities to that one. Right. So the Pokemon I looked at, or one of the two Pokemon I looked at, was uh, a Manetric 
which is the one that's like the sort of light blue colored dog, but it's got big sort of tufts in the same way you're describing them. But oh. it's got like tufts of yellow hair around its head, although it's not like a full mane. It kind of stops on its like cheekbones. And then it's got tufts of yellow hair around its front paws and around its back haunches as well. Right. And it, just because it's quite cute. But it's based on the Japanese myth of the Ryu, which I think Pikachu and Raichu are also based on. Yeah. Oh, well, what is that? What is a Pikachu based on? I thought it was based on like a little rodent. Well, so a Ryu is a small white or light blue wolf. So if it was small enough, I suppose it would just look like a rodent. Mm. with a body composed entirely of lightning but it looks like or oh. mythology, it looks like a solid creature so it yeah. just looks like a little wolf moving about in the trees but it's actually made out of lightning so that explains the lightning tail of pikachu yeah. i always thought pikachu was really cute because he's got like little red cheeks like a budgie has yeah piss him off <laughs> But some of the other Pokemon, and this I feel like was quite random, because so there's other Pokemon other than those three that are also based on Ryu, um, because while it normally appears in the form of a small wolf, it can also appear as a fish, a mollusk, or a crustacean. So there's like a lightning fish Pokemon, a lightning mollusk Pokemon, and a lightning crustacean Pokemon, and they are all also based on this, because it can like shapeshift if it's wanting to be, basically if it wants to go into the sea, if it doesn't want to be made of electricity anymore, it will turn into a fish ball that's got a crustacean but it's still like got electricity uh, going through it like an eel yeah and then it can also appear as not in pokemon in the the legend it can appear as ball lightning and um, it's like huh. the japanese folklore belief for ball lightning is that if you see ball lightning in the sky so much like if you live i don't know near roswell and you say that's aliens or if you live near like the countryside down in england you'd say it's fairies or spirits or whatever they mm. believe it's Ryus because they think they can jump about really quickly between the trees. So if you see lots of ball lightning floating about, it's actually Ryus leaping from tree to tree at night. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Hawaii. And they think, which explains why, like, Manetric and Pikachu and Raichu are all, like, really sweet. So they think that they're really friendly creatures and they're really calm and they don't want to bring harm to anyone and that they have a really, really long, like, um, horizontal leap so that's why the balls bob about between the trees so they love jumping from tree to tree pikachu does jump quite far yeah <laughs> and they think i really like this one so there's a legend in japan where lots of japanese children will sleep on their bellies and the reason they sleep on their bellies is because they think if a ryu is cold because it can shape shift it will shrink down really small so that it can sit in your belly button to warm itself up oh my god that's <laughs> I but because him. they're covered in electricity, it will give you like little static shocks while you're sleeping. <laughs> That's so strange. <laughs> and then the other thing that I like about weird. it, I decided to look at whether or not there have been any sightings of like Ryus, and there's been multiple. So uh, the first one I looked at was during the Edo historical period, which was from 1603 until 1867. Gordons and different books and stuff of people sighting or catching Ryus. And then the great samurai Tachibana Dosetsu. Tachibana. Yeah, Tachibana, indeed. Uh, it is claimed once drew his sword, um, like in a demonstration, he wasn't fighting, but he drew his sword. And he thought that as he drew it, he was struck by lightning. But then he looked down and realised that he'd actually accidentally slain a jumping Ryu. Aww. Did he catch the first Pokemon, but then killed yeah. it? <laughs> and he was really sad, but it was already dead. So he collected the body 
and he took it to a taxidermist and had it stuffed and presented to the emperor at the time as a gift and explained that he'd accidentally slain the creature, but he thought that the emperor would want it in his palace. Uh, and then horrible. loads of people in rural Japan, they say that like there's quite a lot of claims of people seeing Ryu or multiple Ryus that have like died under trees after hearing lots of loud thunderous banging at night. So there's like lots of older Japanese people. They say, yeah, if you go out after there's been lots of uh, thunderous banging, if you go out the next day and it's been a really dark night, quite often you'll find like a, a Ryu dead at the bottom of a tree. Aww, and then the other one was, there was also loads of reports from soldiers returning to other parts of the world after World War II that took, or claimed to have taken pet Ryus home with them. And they said they like, live long outside of Japan, but they'd like taken them home with them. Aww. And, the reason for all of this is because scientists or zoologists speculate that Ryus are actually real things. You know, oh, like fairies. They're like the old Cappy, the old Cappy. Yeah. It's like a, a Pokemon to me. It's got Pokemon so sounds in there. a thing called a Paguma larva, larvata. So a Perguna larvata is a like really endangered species of civet, which are those creatures that look kind of like a dog and a badger. The civet is um, the, the the creature that um, people buy shit coffee from. Yeah, they're the shit coffee creatures. Shit coffee cats. Oh, and they are really like they match up with all the descriptions. Like they're, I mean, I've never seen a Perguna larvata, but I've seen other types of civets, and they are really calm and really friendly and really cute. And they have, or like a Paguma larvata, they have like stripes of a really intense silver colour, like a sort of silvery white colour through their fur. So they look dark when you look at them, but if they're moving about, it does look like there's lightning shooting about them. And they have like an exceptionally long horizontal leap. And also after there's been thunderstorms because of the lightning, quite often the lightning will hit the trees and because, which is really sad again, because they like curl up in the tree to hide. If the lightning hits the tree, they will then fall dead out of it. So it means that actually all of their different reports of seeing them make sense. So yeah, I like that one because it's a it's a Pokemon that's real. Amazing. Cute. Yeah. But it's quite good. sad that they don't like survive long outside of Japan. Is that because uh-huh. that's weird? I wonder if they... it's just because the sailors that took them away didn't really know how to look after them. And also if they thought they were some sort of mythical creatures, like you said, Jazz, like a fairy. Maybe they weren't actually feeding them or anything. Like, maybe they didn't check how to look after mm-hmm. them. They were just like, oh, I'm going to take this magic, magic, like, lightning badger home with me. Lightning badger? Sweet. <laughs> yes, when you're talking about yokai, I'm quite interested in, like, the inanimate object thing. So I thought I'd look at, into it a wee bit more. Mm-hmm. And there's one that's called a chochinobake, the lantern yokai. Have you oh. heard of that? No. So it's a living lantern, a chochinobake. It's... <laughs> it's it's similar like that's what you were saying like old household objects ones which survive over 99 years would awaken and become yokai the lantern one translates to paper lantern ghosts or lantern monsters or one such spirit they're lanterns that have lived long enough to become susukomagami well, yeah, that's that's yeah. what we are. Is that the you word? Yeah, so much better than I do. <laughs> I, I play a lot of Yakuza games in a list because they talk in Japanese <laughs> a lot, so I think I picked that up. Possibly it was a flickering light of lanterns while being tossed about in the winds of a gale that first made them appear alive, giving rise to original legends. So they are made of paper and silk, 
bamboo ribs giving them their structure. Once awakened, the Yakai lantern opens a single round eye in the centre of its body, although it's been depicted with two eyes sometimes as well. A split forms in the paper of its surface along with one of its ribs, creating a mouth from which protrudes a long tongue. Sometimes arms and legs sprout from the sides of the lantern. They're generally harmless, preferring to scare people rather than hurt them. However, they are mischievous spirits who like to surprise unsuspecting passers-by by sticking out their tongue and laughing at them Freaking but out, not all of them are harmless this is what captures my imagination about these lanterns apparently they're very sexually aggressive oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very wrong on so many different levels <laughs> it, it basically says here that as they were once a tool they were desperate to be used by humans males in particular and they have upset like very aggressive sexuality to them so they some people believe that they are created from negative feelings which will appear with a faint light rather than a bright flame like those created with positive feelings since the choking obake are so desperate to be used by men those that aren't given any attention due to their faint lights will supposedly attack and rape every man every night that's like they use them to illuminate the darkness that is an insane story And is there is a Pokemon based on this um, Lanterns book called the Disc Club? Is that, um, <laughs> I, don't, I feel a bit disturbed, disturbed right now. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was quite. Uh, there's an example of a Pokemon that's like one of those animated objects, which I thought was really cool when you brought that up. If the I just... other one that I looked at in a bit more detail was that. So sorry, Yaz, what was the word for like the scary, scary ghost ladies? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Was uh, Kami? The one that... Well, oh, no, a Yuri. No, wait, I've confused myself now. No, there is a scary one. The Yam- Yamalba is the, the scary lady one. Yamalba. So I was looking at Mawile, which mm-hmm. is a Pokemon. It's, I picked it because it's like the weirdest Pokemon I've ever seen. So it has... I'm going to attempt to describe it because it's really weird. So it has like a human-like body, but it's kind of mm-hmm. like... It's like the lower half of its body looks like a really sort of broad leaf strapped around it, almost like it's wearing a scarf, but it's like floating along on the broad leafy bit. It's and like then, a feminine Pokemon. It's yeah. a female Pokemon. All right, okay. Yeah. And it's got kind of like a, a narrow, like upper female body, but like it does look almost like vines and it's got two sort of like broad leaves on the end of it instead of hands. And then it's got two faces. It's got a front facing face that looks kind of like a cross between like Tinkerbell and a cartoon lamb. And then it's got, <laughs> this is really hard to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's got a backwards face and face that kind of look across between the Queen from Alien and Venom. Mm-hmm, okay. If you can imagine all that mush together. Like I think that's why I, I didn't really know where it came from, but I just wanted to look at it because I was like, that's really weird because all the bits of it don't seem to go together. The more sorry, Mawile, is based on the Japanese legend of the Futakuchi Ona, and Futakuchi Ona translates as two-mouthed woman. Yeah, that comes up a lot, actually, in a lot of stuff I was reading. I'd never heard of it before I looked into this, and I did think it was really interesting. Although, I thought it was interesting as well, because when I started looking at it, I was like, this is really creepy. Then it kind of gets less creepy as you go along. It sounds really creepy, though, a woman with two mouths. Yeah, I mean, it would be a, a man's, like, fantasy, wouldn't it? A woman with two mouths. I mean, he doesn't have two cocks, so, so that wouldn't really work. 
Every man's ultimate fantasy is a woman with a weird venom alien queen mouth in the back of her head. If you think about it, it, she's got it in the back of her head. So she's got one at the front and one at the back. So you can have a man at the front and a man at the back doing a sort of spit roast. No, that's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, Okay. Like, oh, I really love my wife, but I wish she had an additional mouth in the back of her head so another guy could fuck it while I fuck with <laughs> it. Don't, don't think that's a normal fantasy. I mean, it might be a fantasy. I don't mean to kink shame. I just don't think it's, like, the most common of all the fantasies. Okay. <laughs> Why would like, she have a mouth in the back of her head, then? I don't see what benefit it has. Well, okay, so it doesn't it doesn't look, actually, to be fair, exactly like the Ma Wild. So it does just look like a pretty woman, and you can't really see the mouth in the back of her head because of her hair. So they normally have, like, long, dark hair. Mm. Um, and the mouth in the back of the head is, like, massive. But, again, you can't even though it's massive, you can't see it. So they think that you become a Futa Kuchi owner. This is quite bleak. So they said if you – basically, if you diet to death, you, you become – Yeah, you diet to death. Futa Kuchi owner. So basically, it's saying, like, if you have – Effectively, from what I can gather, it's like if you have an eating disorder. Oh, I thought you said die, as in like dye your hair. You said diet. Diet, yeah. Right. Like, diet. Like, just so diet to death. Like you would di- you're dying so much. Yeah. Die. No, it's like, yeah, so I think effectively, like if you have an eating disorder, is what they're saying that right. then you don't really die. You kind of almost come back and are like vampiric. So you still oh. look good, but you're like exceptionally pretty version of you. But you've got this huge mouth in the back of your head. That's amazing. When I started reading that, I was like, oh, that's so creepy. And it is creepy, but then I feel like it goes about Adam's family, where it's like cute creepy. Because it says if the spirit doesn't feed her second mouth, then the second mouth will use the hair as tentacles and it will pull in anything that can be considered food and devour it. So I was like, oh, that's terrifying because it says anything that can be considered food. So like if she's riding oh. your baby, even if she doesn't want to. But then it turns out it doesn't mean that because in any of the stories I looked at, it was just like she was eating sandwiches and cake and stuff. And <laughs> so I could be sitting there about you put like a wrap in my mouth and then all of a sudden this woman's hair just grabs it out of my hand and puts it in the back of her head. I'm like, oh yeah, I was eating that much. Or yeah, like you invite her around for dinner and you're like, oh, Sheila, I'd heard you were dead. And she's like, no. And you're like, do you want a slice of cake? And she's like, no, I'm watching my waist. And then her hair's just like, I love cake. But, um, oh, God. the one like the most popular story about it is about like so basically there's this old man and he has a really successful oh no sorry there's this man and he has a really successful farm he takes over his family business and then all the women in the town are trying to like get married off to him but he's like no no I won't marry you he basically just keeps calling everyone fat he's like a shit person so he's like no I won't marry you because you're fat I won't marry you because you're fat so then years and years go on and he ends up being a really old man and he still doesn't have any children to take over his farm and people are like we need to get married and he's like no I'm not marrying anyone because they're all fat and then this <laughs> new woman moves to the town and she's like basically grotesquely underweight and he's like oh that's the woman for me but she's young and she's beautiful but he goes and proposes to her and she's like oh, are you the guy that runs the farm just outside of town and he says yeah and she's like okay well I, I agree then I'll marry you. So they get married and his farm starts rapidly losing money because all of the crops are like basically disappearing and he doesn't know where all the crops are going to. So he decides one day, he pretends he's going out and he's like, I'm going to spy and see if anybody's breaking in. And then he realises that what's happening is his like wife's pottering about the house doing the housework. But our hair is like going out of the window like tendrils and it's just dragging all the fresh crops in and jamming <laughs> into the mouth in the back of her head. 
she doesn't eat from the front, so I'll eat from yeah. the back. Yeah, so her hair's like, I'm going to make sure you eat. That's brilliant. So what did the old yeah. man do? I don't actually, that's the end of the story. Oh, I was going to say, did he live happily ever after? Did he decide to, like, did he then decide she's too greedy, she's going to get fat, I'm going to divorce her? I feel like in my head, the end of the story is just like the camera pans in on his face and he looks confused and goes like, <laughs> and that's the end of the story. Cue music. Pokemon. <laughs> what was it? Um, what was the Pokemon you said that you weren't going to talk about? Maybe I got oh, it wrong. Hey, Snorlax. No, it wasn't Snorlax. I got it wrong. It was Sneasel. I've got here. Oh. Sneasel, what, which what means, Sneasel? which is a combination of the words sneaky and weasel. Sneasel. <laughs> it's quite funny. It's a cat-like creature that has sickles at the ends of its limbs. In Japan, weasels are believed to be evil, the same way Western cultures may fear a black cat. That's interesting. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that either. Slick Monster seems to be inspired by the Kamatachi dust devil riding weasel monster with sickles for claws. The mythology states that the Kamatachi came in a trinity, one you take down, one to cut your flesh and one to sew you up. Or the first one, take you down. Yeah. And then they hide the evidence. The horrifying trinity is arguably represented by the three feathers on the back of Sneasel's body. That's really fucking dark for a kid's show, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hell. But the one that really captured my imagination, which I use a lot now, but um, is so far off like Japanese mythology. It's just so weird that I have to, I had to look more into it. Now, there's a Pokemon, which I personally never never caught in Pokemon Go, but it's called the Sableye. It's a diamond-eyed mudkip, don't know what mudkip is, looking monster. Its origins lie in the Kelly Hopkinsville extraterrestrial encounter out of Kentucky. Oh, Do you know this? I know the, I know what the Hopkins, the Hopkinsville uh, goblin? Hopkinsville Goblin, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've never heard of this. Oh, well, you're going to be bored of this story then, Mark, because you know it. But... I don't know if there's a Pokemon <laughs> based on it, though. Yeah, Sableye. It's, it, the alien creature was described as having pointy ears, bright glowing eyes, and a slender frame. The Sableye also imitates the suede hip movements of the Hopkinsville Goblin, as reported by eyewitness accounts, making it hard to ignore the similarities between the two mythological monsters. So I thought, Hopkinsville Goblin? I've never heard of that. Let's look more into it. So for our readers that don't know what the Hopkinsville Goblin is, it's basically how the term Little Green Men phenomenon began. Oh. oh, I didn't know that. Like, I knew that it was kind of like a Little Green Men-esque description, but I just assumed that came, like, Little Green Men came before. No, that's this is how they, the Little Green Men phrase came about from okay. this. So it was 11 witnesses, apparently... They arrived at the Hopkinsville police station saying that they'd seen, they'd had like a shootout with these little green men with bulbous heads and oversized eyes. It all began on the night of August 21st, 1955, when a large extended farm family called the Suttons arrived breathlessly at the Hopkinsville police station in southwestern Kentucky. They told us a tale of a terrifying siege by otherworldly beings, which would become one of the most detailed and baffling accounts of an alien close encounter on record. Although Operation Blue Book by the military, they dismissed it as a hoax and they just said, it was a screech owl that they saw. Sorry, I just made a face. Yeah. Like neither of you nor anyone who's <laughs> listening can see. My face was a very dismissive face of the idea that it's an owl. <laughs> I'll get onto that later. But I don't know. I don't know if I believe it's the just like the staircase. The people should stop blaming owls for things. I've never Aww. seen the staircase. I need to watch it. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to be a movie yeah. of the staircase, and I think Nicholas Cage maybe. I don't know if he is. Someone's in it anyway. Someone's Some actor. <laughs> so the Sutton's farm was in the tiny rural hamlet of Kelly, Kentucky, and they lived in an unpainted three-room house without running water, telephone, radio, or TV or books. So just like a really boring farmhouse with fuck all to do apart from farming. All of all the details of their story, the UFO landing and the appearance of small alien creatures. One fact is indisputable. When the eight adults and three children arrived at the police station, they were genuinely terror-struck. But then maybe they were terror-struck because what they thought they saw was aliens. They Maybe they genuinely thought they were aliens, but they a- it actually wasn't. I don't also, know. Also, somebody but... spoke to me after I'd seen a wasp. I would be terror-struck. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a wasp. Okay. <laughs> they said that Police Chief Russell Greenwell told investigators, these aren't the kind of people who normally run to the police for help. What they do is reach for their guns. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of people who shoot first and think about it later. Very American. Yeah, well, in Kentucky, in yeah. a farm. So, mm-hmm. but there they were, women and children, hysterical, and one man with a pulse of 140 beats per minute, measured by an investigator. There's like Im- uh, images of these descript, well, just drawings of descriptions of what they thought they saw, which I'll send over to you. According to accounts given to the police at about 7pm on the hot Sunday evening, Sutton family friend Billy Ray Taylor was fetching water from the backyard well when he saw a silvery object. I'm going to do this accent. It's going to be really offensive. Real Brad with an exhaust of all colours of the rainbow. As he later recounted, it came silently towards the house, passed over it, stopped in the air and then dropped straight to the ground. Taylor, 21, and his 18-year-old wife had come from Pennsylvania to visit Lucky Sutton, with whom he had worked on a travelling carnival. Oh, his name's Lucky? Right. The Sutton's... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I really like that you're having a conversation with yourself I do that often. (laughs) A 50-year-old widow and matriarch, Glennie Lankford, her two older sons and their wives, a brother-in-law and the widow's three younger children, 12, 10 and 7, didn't take Billy Ray seriously, laughing off his UFO account. An hour later, alerted by the dog... I'm sure the seven-year-old was laughing at him. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck off. Hey, pal, an alien, all right. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So, Lucky and Billy Ray, I keep wanting, every time I read Billy Ray, I just think Billy Ray Cyrus for some I reason. I breaky heart every yes. time you see him. <laughs> I know. They went to the back door and made out a strange glow, in the midst of which they spied a small humanoid creature. They said it was about three and a half feet tall. It had an oversized head, almost perfectly round. Its arms extended almost to the ground. Its hands had talons and its oversized eyes glowed with a yellowish light. I mean, it does sound like an owl. The body gave off an eerie shimmer in light of the night's new moon, they said, as if made of silver metal. Terrified, the two men grabbed a 20-gauge shotgun and a 22 rifle and fired at the little man. Why not ask it a question then shoot it, for fuck's sake? I had a child as well, then it might partially match that description. I mean, it travelled all the way here from wherever the fuck it came from, from space. Why would you want to shoot that? It's just backwards. I I don't think it is an owl, though, because I can understand, like, one person mistaking an owl for something else, but people (laughs) around about the town aren't going to all be do you think this might be the behavior of an owl because when he um, raised the gun at it and fired its hands now raised up as if held at gunpoint 
as it came to the back door. They reported that it then did a flip, scrambled upright and fled into the darkness. Now, when I imagined that, it made me laugh so much because I just imagined like it flipping like a, a sort of young gymnast sort of thing, <laughs> like a tumbler. <laughs> I for some yeah. reason imagined it flipping as though it was badly animated, but in a real situation. Yeah. So it tipped backwards until it was on its head and then <laughs> tipped backwards again until it was on its feet. So shortly after, the men saw a similar creature appear in a side window and they fired through the window screen. Still impervious to the bullets, the little man again flipped, then disappeared. I went out in the hallway and crouched down next to Billy. And when I saw one approaching the door, Mrs. Lankford told Isabel Davis, author of an extensive report called Close Encounter at Kelly and Others in 1955. It looked like a five gallon gasoline can with a head on top and small legs. It was the shimmering bright metal like on my refrigerator. <laughs> the drama escalated when Taylor stepped out outside under the small overhanging roof and those behind him saw a claw-like hand again it could be an old talon sorry mark reach down and touch his hair the green the, sorry, <laughs> the group screamed and pulled taylor back while lucky shot above the overhang and then at another similar creature in a nearby tree it floated to the ground and then scurried into the woods i'd like to imagine it flipping backwards several times as it does <laughs> doing cartwheels and shit the Suttons moved inside and spent several hours listening for movements, hearing mostly occasional scratches on the roof. At 11pm, the whole group ran for the cars and hightailed it to the police station. And they said they weren't drinking, because the police were obviously like, well, have you been on the fucking moonshine? Grandpa's old cough medicine? No, we don't have liquor in my farm farmhouse, apparently. They, they didn't allow it. So they debunked yeah. that. I don't know. He said that once the police and the others left, the creatures returned around 2.30am and daybreak. Mrs. Langford said she saw one glowing repeatedly by her bedside window, his claw-like hand on the screen. Why would these aliens keep coming back if they're being shot at? They're clearly not welcome. Are they just trolling them? Maybe where they come from, shooting at things is the way to welcome them in. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they don't realise that it's trying to hurt them. Yeah, they just think you're throwing them a wee party. Like, boom, 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 way! I'll do a wee backflip for you. Party! That's why, as the Kelly story spreads into the world, it took a life of its own. The number of little men grew to a dozen or more. A few years later, the little metallic men were conflated with an eastern Kentucky's woman, women's report of a flying saucer and a six-foot-tall man in green, helping launch the myth of the little green men. Wow. So the day after the incident, they went searching for any evidence of a saucer landing, footprints, blood trails or scratch marks on the roof, and they found fuck all. Bud Ledwith, a local radio station employee, interviewed the adult eyewitnesses and made drawings based on their accounts. According to Davis, he was impressed by the remarkable specificity and consistency, even though the men were away from the farmhouse all day, un- unable to coordinate with the others. So they're saying that it's really hard to lie with specifics like that. But here we go. The, the Air Force UFO Investigation Project Program Project Blue Book documents suggested its team never officially pursued the matter beyond checking in with their Fort Car- Campbell counterparts who'd been briefly at the scene the first night. 200-page report, they had detailed maps, drawings, documentary records and interviews with Sutton family. What they said was that could be a small meteor in the vicinity, that which was what he thought was the UFO landing. And he said, as for the little men, 
he floated an explanation used for other alien counter stories, owls in particular, the great horned owl or the hoot owl, because it has long wings that can be mistaken for arms, along with talons, yellow eyes, long ears and a round head. And he said, as for the metallic shine, it could easily be the reflecting moonlight. I don't know if the moon shines off the feathers. No. I don't think it does. Surely owls wouldn't evolve for the moon to shine off their feathers so that they're super reflective because then it would make it impossible for them to hunt and to hide from predators. So that doesn't make any sense. And they said, like, mm-hmm. the people yeah. who are questioning that said that hoot owls are active at dusk and extremely aggressive when defending their nest. Some investigators question characterizations of the creatures that are hostile. To some, the, the little green men, the behaviour, like we, you said there, they might just be. They might have just been curious. It doesn't seem like they were being aggressive. It was the, yeah. the humans yeah. that were being the aggressors. Yeah. So that's the story yeah. of the yeah Kentucky Goblin. Yeah, that is quite cute. And again, it shows that human beings are shit. Oh god, yeah, yeah, that's right, Yasmin. All humans are shit. We are all shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the And then I think I've got a final one that kind of that made me laugh because when I read it I read it kind of wrong you know when you see a word and it it can't your mind sort of reads it as something else because it looks that way so this is called the shiftry but I read it as shit fry (laughs) shit fry and the tengu it's a pokemon called a shiftry or shiftry but I'm going to say shit fry because it's funnier so known as the wicked pokemon shit fry is a grass dark type that according to the pokedex lives in the tops of trees that are thousands of years old their design comes from the tengu myth in buddhism they are depicted as demons and harbingers of ill omens the oldest form of this myth shows Tengus as bird-like creatures, but their most, most well-known appearance is the more modern one, where instead of beaks, they just have a really long nose. These I'm demons, to imagine that. Yeah, they're red with really long noses. These demons were widely feared and respected. People believe Tengus protects the forests they live in and brings down their wrath on anyone who takes so much as a leaf from their territory. Thus, there are many traditions among woodcutters based around calming them, like leaving special rice cakes as offerings when they cut down a tree. That's my final poke. Like, not that evil, they're just trying to protect the forest. Yeah. They could be like Ferngully or something. Pokemon. What is my favourite Pokemon? Pokemon. I like Jigglypuff, just because I like to say Jigglypuff instead of Jigglypuff. And it it sings a really nice song that puts you to sleep. Which I could do with because I can't sleep these days. Aww. I like Snorlax because he's big and fat and he sleeps a lot. Oh, he's he like the big bear looking cunt? Yeah, he's like a big <laughs> massive bear in a bed with a baby. Great. He's basically me. I think that's why I like him. It's like looking <laughs> in the mirror. Yeah. It's just a big lazy bear bed thing. I gotta tell you, I actually love this topic so much. It was so much fun. Plus, we got to listen to the, the theme tune. Of, of, That's my favourite part. Do you know what always puzzles me about Pokemon is, you know how their friend Brock, how come he never opened his eyes? Couldn't bothered. But how did he see? Magic powers. Maybe he had like some sort of psychic abilities. That yeah, maybe. Golden Boy and I kind of fancied Brock as well. Yeah. Yeah, do you agree? <laughs> don't know. I can't remember what he looked like, actually. He was like uh, sort of tanned, taller than Ash, mm. and he had nice, spe- like not overly spiked, like uh, black hair, and he had like slits for eye. No, that's yeah, not. Okay. He I just like literally it. never opened his eyes. <laughs> he was 
He's a bit kind of like killed it, really. Yeah. Like his eyes are like almost dead. Yeah. So maybe so he was like, he's basically that they're closed. Maybe, maybe he was just like, really stoned. Yeah, that's what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, he looks like a stoner. Really st- like he was so stoned that he couldn't open his eyes. Barely. Yeah. I've been that way before. Maybe he has to be really stoned just to put up with Misty and Ash. We do see that a lot. Do you think that in Brock's mind that all these Pokemons are just like one big hallucination because he's yeah. so stoned? He doesn't what know what's happening. The show is just his hallucinations and he's going to Oh be like, my god! <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it's gonna end. That's your alternative ending, yes. Is it uh, Brock is finally gets sober? He wakes up in his room just covered in tissues and fucking oh. pizza box. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> oh, what are we gonna talk about next week, guys? I don't know. Do you want to pick a number? Is it my turn? Yeah. Whose turn it is? Well, what's it between? One and six this week. I'm going to go for two. Uh, two is old non-suicide cults, because we looked at cults before, but I think all of the cults we looked at were like new suicide cults. So uh, non-suicide cults. Scientology. That's definitely a cult. I hope you're going to do Scientology. I'm going to do Scientology, but that's I've just decided there and then, but you can pick whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> You'll see to add more things to the list because it's getting smaller. Although that now that I've said Scientology, um, if any Scientologists are listening, I'm now like a suppressed person and I'm fair game. So they're going to come after me and send like detectives after me and shit. Yeah, as an Irish Irish member of the Church of Scientology, so you don't need to come after us. We agree oh, with. Great. Oh, I think it's <laughs> a lot of shit. Yes. <laughs> you join the SP club. You can't say things like that. Tom Cruise will climb up your toilet on. and on you. Oh my God, Tom Cruise is going to climb out my toilet. <laughs> Oh is that the new Biggie Small, the new Candyman? Tom Cruise is That's gonna literally come out. what I was about to say. What was it going to come out with Candyman? Yeah. <laughs> Little tiny Tom Cruise. Fucking weirdo, honestly. <laughs> I don't that, though. Um, okay, I'm just going to say once again thanks for listening and let us know what your favourite favorite Pokemon is if you'd like. If you've got any other Pokemons that you know about that are that have been invented or inspired by myths that we missed out or you want to share with us, then you can email us at crystalmythpodcasts at mail.com or you can join our Facebook group, Crystal Myth Group, well, Crystal Myth Podcast Facebook group or we're on Twitter at podcast underscore myth. Or you can just find us and tell us things in the street. Oh, yeah, no, that will be a challenge. <laughs> I know. People come up to me in the street. Don't listen to Yaz. She does want you to come up to her in the street. <laughs> oh, my God. Dressed as <laughs> a caramel whim, Cadbury's bunny. That'll, oh, that'll God, yeah, okay. If you're dressed like that, you can do Impressed <laughs> 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 more than anything. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. Do you want me to play out the Pokemon music again? Yay. Yep. I'll just... I'll just say um, start it again from where it was. Do I sing along? I don't know the words. Yeah, we're going to say I'd love to, but I don't know the words. You know the chorus? Here we go. No. Oh, no. That's the wonderful way to end Pokemon, gotta catch them all. It's my destiny. <laughs> You're my best friend. Look.
in a world we must defend. Here's Snorlax. Yay! I always thought the Team Rocket were brother and sister bagging each other. Our Team Rocket banging each other. Are they brother and sister? I think. Proper sound like a radio presenter, by the way, when they like <laughs> they're on Sunday and they're playing the top 40 and they keep talking over the songs. It's really like sort of 1980s soft, no, power ballad rock. Yeah, it's actually. Remember South Park had the Shin Pokemon? <laughs> it's just my destiny. We must defend. Gotta catch them all. That's also a really good catch. My neighbors are Chris, sir. Man.